Good morning. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 12, Jesus made this statement, The love of many will grow cold. I want to take just a few minutes to supply context to that statement, and then after that, we're going to discover something within the statement of value in our lives today as God's people. Now, this can become a warning to each one of us, and let me say just something about warnings. I heard someone say one time, if you think you don't need warnings anymore, that means you need to be warned about needing to be warned. I think that's correct. Whatever our experience in the faith, whatever our knowledge, our resume of good deeds, our collective history, it will always be fitting as long as we are alive to be open to warnings, self-examination, and growth. Me, you, all of us need warnings. The pathway forward toward heaven makes it imperative that we remain open to learn, to change, to do better. So, I direct your attention to this passage in Matthew 24 and verse 12. The love of many will grow cold. And I want to begin by taking us into the context of that statement, the setting of that statement. It was just days before Jesus' death. The conspirators were refining their agenda. They were influencing their allies. And they were looking for opportunities. The smell of blood and death filled the air. Jesus was in the temple area... And to an audience of both disciples and the public, he had condemned the scribes and the Pharisees, exposing their hypocrisy sin by sin. And you find all of that in Matthew 23. Jesus knew these were the men who wanted him to die he knew of the sin and the error that they championed. And so he spoke with boldness to identify their evil for their benefit and for the benefit of any who might be under their influence. These men who put themselves forth as the holy leaders of Israel were exposed by the words of the Son of God and Matthew gives us that account in Matthew chapter 23. Now in chapter 24, as that chapter begins, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. So he was addressing the corrupt leadership as reported back in Matthew 23, now he spoke to his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, and their location is part of this context. 
They were there by the temple and all the buildings of the temple. And Jesus made this statement that caught them off guard. Do you not see these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. I want you to imagine the scene. Great buildings with great meaning to the Jews stood before them in Jerusalem. The temple, the buildings of the temple, you might say the headquarters or the campus of the Jewish religious system. That's the setting of this. And Jesus said that this whole complex would be destroyed. This campus would be devastated. Later, as they sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples still had this on their minds, and they inquired further, When will these things be, Lord? Jesus gave answer, telling them in advance of a great tribulation that would come in their lifetime that we know as the destruction of Jerusalem that took place in 70 A.D. at the hand of Roman armies. While the Roman attack was against the Jewish people, and the power they held, it would be a time of challenge and testing for everybody there, including Christians. And some, under this pressure, would show themselves to be strong, committed, determined in their discipleship, even though they were surrounded by chaos. Suffering would show the good character of some but it would show the weakness of others. As the suffering reached culmination, it would be too much for some. And Jesus describes this apostasy, what happened to these people under pressure, in Matthew 24, verses 9 through 13. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Note the painful announcement of our Lord, not the pain of the buildings falling. But in this particular passage I've read, the pain knowing that the love of many for the Lord during this time of turmoil would grow cold. 
verse 12. That's where we are. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You see, in evil times, our faith is tested. In evil times, our love for God is either strengthened or it's abandoned. There can be in times of persecution and difficulty a chilling of our zeal, a cooling off, a spirit of compromise. The love of many will grow cold. Now, while the statement in Matthew 24 we've studied has reference to a particular crisis that occurred in time, there is no reason to believe that this reaction was peculiar only to that crisis. There is evidence in the Bible that this is widespread. This is typical. When times of hardship arise, some become stronger in their faith and in their love for God. They respond to opposition with patience and determination and virtue, while others, given the same kind of pressure, manifest weakness, fail to show courage, and gradually fall away from the Lord to their own eternal regret. Jesus said in another place in Matthew, Matthew 13, 21, that there were some who having heard the word and received it, yet have no root, they endure only for a while. But when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately they stumble. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in perilous times men become lovers of themselves and lovers of money, boasters and proud and blasphemers. See, the sad reality is some in time of difficulty become stronger and resolute. Others fail to be what they ought to be and show an absence of zeal and an absence of courage under fire. The love of many will grow cold. So that's our passage and our warning. Now I want to make three points about it. This is something that happens gradually. I do not believe the Lord is talking about people getting up one day and suddenly deciding they will no longer love the Lord. In the New King James, the love of many will grow cold. In the Old King James, the love of many waxes cold. Those words grow and wax identify a gradual process, not a sudden momentary decision. The idea is you begin a life of loving God, becoming a disciple of Christ. You continue to love God. You may increase in your love for God. Then as difficulties challenge you, as changes occur in your life experience that are unpleasant, 
as lawlessness increases, your passion and zeal to serve the Lord begins to very gradually cool. As temptations and seductions from the devil attack you, you begin to slowly, gradually decrease your love. Your love waxes cold. It turns to ice. It is a gradual process. Now, knowing that this is possible, knowing that this could happen, we need to put our guard up now. Me, you, all of us. Be aware of the danger and steadfastly determine that you will resist the pull of society against your faith and you will remain strong no matter what difficulty may be on the horizon. You remember the story of Eutychus in Acts chapter 20? Eutychus has so many relatives in modern times. Eutychus is the fellow who went to sleep while Paul was preaching. I see everybody just opening their eyes. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 9, And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking deep into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third floor and was taken up dead. He was brought back to life in that apostolic age of miracles. But notice the process. That's what I want us to see as an illustration. He didn't suddenly fall asleep in one second and go out the window the next. It says, Luke says, he was sinking. Some of you may know how it is to fall asleep during preaching or other events where you are seated and maybe you came into the event tired and you get comfortable and your mind begins to drift and then here comes the eyelids and they get heavy and you catch yourself and they get heavy again and you doze off and of course if you're here you can't fall out a window nor could I raise you from the dead. But Eutychus illustrates what I mean by gradual. There are people today who are sinking slowly into a spiritual slumber. People today sinking slowly into a spiritual slumber. I mean people who were once very much alive in the faith... active and energetic, ready to do whatever must be done in the Lord's work, but then they begin to doze off into a slumber from which it is very hard to wake up. We have warnings in the Bible. I mentioned earlier, warnings are given for our good. Listen to Paul in Romans 13, 11 to 14. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness 
and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desire. Paul wrote this for people who were still awake, who were still open to warnings and change. Your love for God is still there. And so you hear this warning from the Word of God, and you determine you will not let this gradual process of spiritual decline be your reality. The devil often uses the world to slowly distract us and lead us away from faithful service to God. And you may begin that process with certain kinds of rationale. You know, I have to work. God expects me to work hard. I have to take care of my family. And as you continue that direction of thought, if you're not honest and discerning, you may slowly find yourself involved in more work and less worship, more world and less God, more self and less Christ. Falling away from the Lord is a gradual process. Love waxing cold, dozing off, gradually slipping away. Jesus said there would be some who would slip away, away from their love for God. May we resolve it will not be us. See, the pathway forward for this church And each of us is zeal and love that grows deeper and richer. What I'm going to recommend is that all of us examine ourselves now and watch ourselves with such circumspect discipline. We know when we're beginning to slip. You catch yourself early. Use the Word of God in prayer to know where you are now And maybe to know where you're headed if you don't fortify and enrich your faith. Catch this thing early. Here's something I put in last week's bulletin relevant to every one of us as we move further into the pathway forward. There there is something that is typical of human beings. And we are all human beings. At the beginning of something new and exciting, there is often a burst of enthusiasm. A burst of enthusiasm. And then sometimes after that initial enthusiasm, it begins to wane. So the first weeks of a marriage, the first few days of a new job, it is typical for us to have an initial surge of excitement that may level out as time goes along. Uh, Here's an example we're all familiar with. Churches around the world now back in person report a passion, a surge of energy and joy when they come back. 
gradually that initial excitement and joy can diminish if we just settle into the old routine. And that can be dangerous. Here's something I said last week I'll repeat today about Jeremiah in the Old Testament. He helped dejected workers look beyond the rubbish at their feet toward the final result God wanted. To avoid our love growing cold, we need healthy self-examination, mutual encouragement, nourishment from the Word, and that will take us further into the pathway forward. When your love grows cold, there was neglect. To neglect is to fail to pay attention to something that is necessary. Failing to pay attention to something that is necessary. Negligence speaks of indifference and failure and disregard. We neglect what we no longer consider to be important. To neglect spiritual things, to neglect your relationship with God is the matter at hand that we're talking about this morning. And do you remember what's written in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4? Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Passages like this in the Bible with this kind of language should be read by every one of us with a sense of personal gravity. Rather than to read the passage and say, well, I know some who've neglected the faith, I'm not neglecting the faith. Maybe we should read it with more personal gravity. It's not to be taken lightly, any of these warnings in Scripture. It says we must give the more earnest heed. And it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And this is addressed to every Christian. There is within our access today so great a salvation purchased by the death of Christ, confirmed, God bearing witness both with signs and wonders. In Christ we have so great a salvation. We must give the more earnest heed to these things, lest we drift away. Now, it's not just drifting It's drifting away. The neglect of prayer, Bible reading and study, 
thoughts personally about God and your relationship to Him. Association with God's people. Real and consistent participation in the work of the Lord. The needs of others. The need of evangelism. The need of worship. The love of many will grow cold. We need to take the warnings of Scripture and determine our love for the Lord will not grow cold. And this happens to many. Just look at that word. The exact statement we're looking at in Matthew 24, 12 is the love of many will grow cold. It is enlightening the frequency of that little word, many. Let me show you. In Matthew seven thirteen, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Matthew 24 and verse 11, there are many false prophets who rise up and deceive. Philippians 3 and verse 18, many walk, Paul said, of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. This word many conveys to us the vast majority, multitudes, the crowd, the masses, Many who initially profess faith in Christ and obey the gospel wind up just following the masses away from God. They collapse under pressure. They do not hold up in the evil day and many are lost eternally. Given the pressure of the world, the power of the masses and the culture, what can we do to remain firm as the faithful few, the remnant. Let Paul admonish us in Ephesians six ten through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Now, you, you hear in those words the depth of faith we need to have now. You hear in those words the strength to withstand in the evil day before the evil day is on us. That strength comes from God. We are recipients of that power when we obey the gospel and when we use this book to determine that we will wear the whole armor of God. It is either that participation in divine strength or the love of many growing cold. It is so easy to gradually drift into the world 
follow the crowd, refuse to take a stand, imitate others, forget the redemption Jesus died for us to have. I trust it will never be so with any of us. Are you wavering in your love for God? Only you can give the answer to that. Christ expects His people to live without spiritual breakdowns. But should there be neglect or a breakdown, come back quickly. He calls us to resist temptation, to refuse compromise, to remain steadfast, and He supplies all the resources necessary. Iniquity may abound. Friends may become enemies. Unexpected trouble may discourage us. Let us put our sights on Christ. Get our, get our heads and hearts into the Word of God and determine that our dependence on God will prepare us for whatever is ahead. If you are beginning to doze off or suffer a loss of zeal or love, come back. I want you to listen again to our text in Matthew 24, 12 and 13. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The activity of faith results in this product, endurance. He who endures to the end shall be saved. If you've never obeyed the Lord in baptism, if you need to acknowledge repentance of sin, in the name of all that is holy, we plead with you to respond while we stand together to sing.